everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. My name is Jeff Moreva. I'm the director of the show, and I'm here with the show's host, Mr. Robert Burt. Hey, Jeff. What's going on? Oh, not much, buddy. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Awesome, you awesome. Know, good to it's hear. A, it's another day here. Another right? day, We're, another dollar or two. Yeah. Talking about movies. Talking about movies. So we've got a really good movie. Um, I want to remind everybody that this is the OETA Movie Club. It airs every Saturday night at 9 on OETA, on the main HD channel. Yeah. Um, and then you can, it, we repeat the following Friday at 11, late performance, um, late show. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so you get two chances to watch us each, each week, um, Saturday at 9, 10, Friday at 11. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, we show um, just good old movies, modern classics, uh-huh. old classics, all of them. We call them, yeah, we'll say modern classics. Modern classics. Yeah. Um, this week is definitely fits into the modern classic sure. genre. Um, it is The Birdcage, starring Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. A really good one. It is. It's really funny. And um, we've seen it before here on the on We the have. This Club. is the second time we've shown it. Um, uh-huh. I think we showed it last January. Ah. Um, so so uh, it's sort of an annual thing, well, like kind of uh, The Wizard thing. of Oz or <laughs> Cinderella used to be on black and white TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, set this up for people who don't know this movie. Uh, if um, you don't know this us. movie, um, so it, this is a uh, uh, adaptation of the very popular French film. It did really well in America, uh, Le Cage aux Faux. Yeah, and there's I think a Broadway play, yes, uh, there is, Le, yeah. Le Cage aux Faux. But uh, this is uh, Hollywood's take on this. You know. Uh, they they never miss a trick to uh, they don't to they never uh, miss an opportunity. make some money off of a <laughs> established property. But uh, that's right. So it's about a guy named Armand Goldman, and he owns a, a popular nightclub in South Miami Beach. It's a, they do drag shows there, right. and uh, his longtime partner Albert stars there as uh, Starina. Uh, they're you know, like he's their grand dame. Of right. the of the uh, nightclub, and their son Val, uh, by Armand's um, one straight fling that he had like twenty years ago, comes home to announce his engagement to Barbara Keeley, who just happens to be the daughter of Kevin Keeley, a U.S. senator and co-founder of the Committee for Moral Order. <laughs> so hilarity ensues. Uh, the senator and a family descend upon South Beach to meet Val and his parents. And, uh, yeah, uh, comedy chaos ensues. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really funny. Um, it's, it's kind of, uh, like I said, like, and, like it's been done before. But, sure. But uh, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty funny. Um, I think it's great. Martin? Martin? Martin. Robin Williams. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and uh, Nathan Lane are just both brilliant at this. Right. And uh, they are both known to improv oh, yes. a lot. A lot. And um, they used several of those improv scenes oh, in this yeah. movie. Um, however, the director, Mike Nichols, required them both to take at least one good take of the script um, before that he would let them improv. Right. Um, but then he would do as many takes as I guess they wanted, and probably. And he knew. Um, that was comedy gold. He knew it was, he, yeah. That, that, that he was going to be using 90% of that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he even had a little pillow off to the side 
that he would laugh into. Yeah. Uh, he's like, uh, during the, uh, the toast scene, um, he's just crying into this pillow because... Yeah, the, was, the crew had to put, apparently put a sound blanket in front of him because <laughs> uh, he was laughing so much. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and he required them both to do at least one, one good take of the script, but then he let them just run wild. Well, I think any of us would have been, have to have that sound blanket too. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, how, how wonderful that would be to be there in the room to just, you know, watch them go oh, out. I know. And, and we were looking at some of these notes and stuff, and I can't believe, and now I'm about to bring it all down. We're talking about a funny movie, but uh, I'm about to bring it on down to a serious note. Robin Williams has been gone since 2014. Yeah. I, yeah. When I read that 2014, I thought, that's, they, that's wrong. They messed it, up. Yeah. It was just a few years ago. It seems like it was and, just a few uh, years ago. No, 2014, nine years ago. Yeah. I mean, and he was such a huge presence. You know, he's obviously the star of this film. He was the, the name uh, that, you know, draws you draws you in. I mean, right. of course, Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman is a is, huge name. He's great um, in this. But you Nathan know. Lane was an unknown. He was right. a, a big, you know, unless you went to a lot of Broadway plays, he was right. huge on Broadway. I mean, how big of a career did he have on Broadway? Oh, he did. He had a huge career on Broadway. He actually was um, set to star in a revival of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum uh-huh. when producers pitched this movie to him. And he was like, oh, no, I can't. I'm about to be in this revival. And the, those producers actually went to the revival of Forum, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, went to those producers and said, hey, if you delay this show for one year, you'll uh, you can have Nathan Lane do this movie and uh-huh. after he does this movie he will be a known celebrity and you will of course right. sell more tickets and uh-huh. you know all that stuff and uh, they did they they postponed the production for one year to let him star in this movie and uh and he won the tony and he won he? the tony for that <laughs> funny thing happened on the way to the forum i'm sure he played uh uh Pseudolus. yes right. yes uh-huh. yeah yeah um he did and uh yeah i mean you know, going from a already known on Broadway, so you've already got that built-in audience, to all of a sudden having a hit movie that you're the star of, and you know it's it's your, um, you know it's your breakout role. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they had a gold mine after that. You oh know yeah. I mean? they, and this that was his time, really. I mean, his career is still going strong. Yeah, but that was his zenith. I mean, you know, oh yeah, his, his starting and and the great and you know, you know moment. Speaking for him. of his career still going strong, I don't know if you're watching Only Murders in the Building. Um, I haven't. No, he I is phenomenal in that. <laughs> he is. He doesn't play anything like the typical kind of Nathan Lane character. You know, a little over the top kind of character. He's uh-huh. very subdued and very creepy, and 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 I won't give too much away, but he's. He's great. Well, I love, I love Martin Short. I love Steve Martin. So I'm going to have to yeah. watch this film. Selena Gomez is phenomenal in it. Like uh-huh. I, when I when I huh. saw that she was the the lead actress in it, I was like, why her? And yeah. And after watching it, yeah, she's pretty pretty good. Um, Speaking of Steve Martin, you yeah. know, he was originally cast. He was actually cast as Armand. Yes. In this, um, and then Robin Williams was going to play the Nathan Lane part. But uh, Steve Martin had to drop out because he was doing, uh, you know, the the fabulous Sergeant Bilko film right. you know, that uh, <laughs> is very forgettable, and um, you know, I'm sure he's kicking himself because 
Oh, yeah. He later regret said that he regrets not doing this movie. Yeah. And uh, he said that he said it for, for two reasons. Not only was it because it turned out to be a great movie that he regrets not doing it, but he regrets not being in a film with his friend Robin Williams. Right. He, he and Robin Williams worked on stage several times together. They did, they did a lot of comic relief and a lot of charity um, stuff. Um, but uh, never a they movie. had never done a movie together. Yeah. And, um, and then Williams died, and he... He didn't get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I mean, everybody, rightly so, thought he would be around. For, oh yeah, for you know, forever. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, and so then Robin Williams decided. You know, they brought in Nathan Lane, and Robin Williams then decided to take the uh, the the um, the Armand role. Right. Uh, because you know he'd just done Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, right. Previously, and he thought that was too close to yeah. uh, you know two drag uh, uh, roles back to back. You yeah. know, uh, so he he uh, decided to take over the Armand role. Yeah, when Steve Martin couldn't do it. Now, I also want to talk about a few of the other people in this movie because because I mean um, Gene Hackman is great <laughs> in this movie, right? He's the person that you want to be like mad at, you know, or whatever. Uh-huh. Like you know. He's, but Hank Azaria, oh yes, is just phenomenal in this movie. He is hilarious in this movie, and it's very much like we were saying about Nathan Lane in Only Murders in the Building. It's very much a role that you don't see him in, right? And uh, just well, the great. director Mike Nichols, he saw him in the movie um, Game Show, okay, yeah, um, and decided he wanted. He wanted him in this film. Well, it's like night and day. Oh yeah, his characters. I mean, he's really straight in that uh, in that role. This one is over the top and to the moon. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, he was originally Hank Azaria was supposed to be. Uh, originally, it was just going to be um, uh, Albert's dresser. Dresser, right? Right. Nathan Lane's dresser. And uh, they ended up blowing that role up to be their Guatemalan maid. Yeah. You know, and he has this great, very affected uh, accent. And uh, yep. he, he had two, um, two voices that he really was going to try and choose between. Uh, it was one that's sort of lower voice. It was a little more natural. And then he's got this high-pitched one, which made it into the film. Yeah. Uh, he thought maybe it was too flamboyant, maybe too... Um, you know, stereotypical gay, right. and he he went to a, a friend of here who's gay and and asked him, and he says, no, 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 that one is is yeah. is really spot on. So, and he said he ended up basing his voice on his grandmother. <laughs> when it was all said and done, his voice was kind of based on his grandmother. And he um, used it for a couple of characters in The Simpsons later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I hope, man, I always forget he. He does a lot of voices on the Oh Simpsons. yeah. Yeah. He does he does more than just one. He does several characters. Oh yeah. And uh almost as many as Harry Shearer. Yeah. Yeah. And just does a great job with all of them. Well, and and so like he was good friends and I tell this story, you know, a, a lot. Um I'm going to retire after tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh that he and Billy Bob Thornton were our good friends. Right. And at the time, uh Billy Bob Thornton was filming Sling Blade. Yeah. And uh, Childers. What's the guy's uh, the oh, character's I name? Uh, Earl about. Childers. Yeah. Right. And uh, so they would practice their characters by driving around Los Angeles together, 
um, pretending that they were in a buddy cop movie as those two characters. Right. Right? So uh, Agador and uh, Earl Childers as a buddy <laughs> cop movie, which I think would be a brilliant idea. Go ahead and film that. I would right. love to see that. We would watch that. We yeah. would pay to watch that. Yeah. Um, Hank Azaria, um, he, uh, he was actually shooting the movie Heat, at uh-huh. the exact same time as this movie. Very different. And, um, very different movie. <laughs> and um, um, Heat was filming at, like, overnights. Uh-huh. Um, it was filming almost entirely at night. Um, and this movie was filming almost entirely during the daytime hours. And he was doing both of them at the same time. Yeah. And he was Brutal. actually, like, leaving the, the Heat set at 6 a.m. and getting to this set at, like, 7 a.m. Wow. And, uh, and the director, Mike Nichols, he... He found out one day that it was his it was Hank Azaria's thirtieth birthday, uh-huh. and uh, trying to find out what he had done for his birthday, he found out that he had worked an eighteen hour day, <laughs> and he decided, you know what, I'm going to send him home, let him enjoy the rest of his day, and we'll pick up his role again tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, so he just like fall asleep during makeup. Oh I my guess, goodness, and, yeah. Know. I mean, where do you when do you sleep? I mean, a <laughs> couple hours here, a couple hours there, right? And, yeah, yeah. Um, Pretty brutal, but uh, but yeah, um, the Gene Hackman role, mm-hmm. um, he's definitely kind of a conservative, um, homophobic. Oh, yeah, a little bit. A little you think? bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, yeah, there's that um, that scene where he's up on the ladder, right, and he gives the peace signs. Yes. Like Nixon, and you know, in real life, he was on. Nixon's enemies list. Enemies list. He's very liberal. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what he did to get on there. Right. Know, but uh, he must have said something about Nixon or something yeah, that probably, he didn't like. Probably yeah. something. Yeah. But yeah, um, he does a great job in this movie. But um, yeah, I, I read about the deal with Richard Nixon and how he's on the enemies list, and I was just <laughs> like, what? How did he make that? Well, it was that? a badge of honor back in the day, too. Well, that's true. That's, that's true. Um, so, I thought it was interesting that the director, Mike Nichols, hired a PBS producer uh-huh. named Rick McKay. We know some of them. We know some of them. And um, hired a guy named Rick McKay to do a documentary about drag queens. Uh-huh. And then he sent him all over the world, like, to different countries. Like, not just the United States. He sent him to, like, you know... Europe and, and several other places and um, had him do a documentary on drag queens and then used that documentary that was never actually produced by it for any other reason. Or aired. Or aired or anything. Uh-huh. Used that documentary to train Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. I was like... To do drag. To do drag. Uh-huh. I was like, man, this seems like an easier... It seems like there's got to be an easier way, you know. I bet Robert Williams easier and cheaper like, way. I just spent a year in drag, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, do exactly. I really need? It's like, could we? I mean, you know, it's like we're in L.A. Could we not just go down to a local club and <laughs> right. and research this Talk a little to bit? A couple of guys, yeah, right? Like, uh-huh. I mean, we could have researched this in our own backyard. Why are you paying this guy to travel the world and make a documentary for us? Hank Azaria said that uh, uh, Robin Williams loved just to perform. Yeah, just to you know, just to make people laugh. Whether it was like just he and 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 Robin Williams, or it was a crowd, and that um, that you know, most actors will avoid the uh, 
uh, the visitor tram that moves through the studio and that Robin Williams would seek it out. He right. would go and perform for the visitors to the studio that were that day. Can you imagine, you know, being, oh, uh, you know, on the, on the lot and, and paid the 60 bucks for the tour and uh, you're like parked for a moment uh, so traffic can go by, you know, between the sound stages. And here comes Robin Williams <laughs> and is like doing a whole act for the, you know, he's like, does, does he do this for everybody? Right. How many times a day does he do this? <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, now, Callista Flockhart, uh, Mike Nichols saw her in a uh, off-Broadway production. Of the loop, the loop, yeah. and which I didn't see, but um, uh, apparently he liked it so yeah. much that he he uh, brought her in, even though she's uh, quite a bit older than her she character is. is supposed to be. Her and and the Val character both uh -huh. were older. She was thirty playing a nineteen year old, and he <laughs> was twenty seven playing a twenty year old. Wow. Um, yeah. Are uh, there no nineteen year olds? Uh, I know. I guess not. You know, but it's funny because it's 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 always that way. You know, it's like you look at any high school cast of uh -huh. anything, you know, the Brat Pack stuff or... Uh, Henry Winkler playing Henry the Vaughn. Right, Henry Winkler playing... Or <laughs> Saved by the Bell or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like 30-year-olds playing high schoolers. Uh-huh. And uh, we, people, we buy it. We buy it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. They, a little makeup, you know, lighting. Exactly. And uh, it does exactly. wonder. You're like, oh, yeah, they're 14. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but... Uh, but yeah, so she she was she was really good in this movie. Um, yeah, uh, had no movie experience before this. I mean, had only yeah. had really only done theater. And uh, now you mentioned Val. Um, you know, uh, I read somewhere where they said that uh, um, you know you, the Gene Hackman character, the conservative, uptight senator, is really who you know most people think is the 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 heavy. In this, right. right, but it's really Val, yeah, uh, that uh, that goes to his father and says, "I want you all to pretend to not be gay, uh, yeah. so that you can pass for my uh, my future father-in-law and father, uh, mother-in-law." Yeah, you know that uh, that you no, make no waves. You know, just be something that you're not, and the, you know that he's kind of the uh, unwritten heavy. Yeah, in this. yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. I, I I read that. I thought I thought that was an interesting take on it. Uh -huh. uh, but I agree with that. I, th I think that is, you know, um, at the time of the filming too. Nathan Lane had not come out, right, as, as being gay. Yeah, yeah. And now he's of course known for being openly, you know, very sure. openly gay, and, sure. and probably probably wasn't too much after this movie. Right. I'm guessing that he did come out, um, but uh, but yeah, it wasn't at the time. Yeah. Um, so, I want to go behind the scenes a little bit oh. more and talk about the opening camera sequence. Oh, yeah. Because I think this kind of stuff is really cool. This stuff, like... Being a director what, yourself. Exactly. It's starting out on camera 25 years ago uh -huh. and everything. And, um, but watch this opening sequence and see if you notice where the splices are. Yeah. Because I know this business and I could barely find them. So, but you uh, can tell us about them right now. I could tell you about them, <laughs> um, but I won't go too far into details because I want people to see if they can see it for themselves. Uh -huh. So there's a two-minute opening sequence that looks like one con one continuous right. shot. Um, it's a steady cam shot, 
Um, but it's actually composed of three separate shots seamlessly, seamlessly put together. Um, you have um, the first shot, which is out of a helicopter. Um, right, over the Atlantic. Over, over right. the Atlantic. Uh-huh. And, and then... Moves um, in over like the South Beach and all those right. hotels and everything. And then the second shot is is on is a crane shot, um, which simulates the chopper, uh-huh. um, where the steady cam operator is gradually lowered to the ground level. And then shot three is actually done on a soundstage, um, where the steady cam operator is just outside the club exterior and then goes inside the club. Thousands of miles away on a soundstage. Thousands of miles away. Because you you go from Miami, the real Miami, the real Miami to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I just think that's such a cool opening sequence, and and the fact that they you wouldn't you wouldn't get this in a movie nowadays. They don't they don't spend enough time. I mean, you maybe you would, but not a big blockbuster like this one was. You know. Yeah. Like, and uh, and this was a big blockbuster. This was oh, yeah. for the time. This was the. Uh, Oh, I don't remember what it was. It was, it was, I think it was about twenty million ish, um, which was the highest grossing movie with an openly gay character in it at the time. Uh, at yeah. the time, uh-huh. um, which only uh, was only beaten in two thousand nine by Bruno, the movie. A Bruno. film I did not see. I have not seen it either, uh, or even heard of. Really? But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, um, uh, but yeah, it's a really cool. It's a really cool opening sequence that you just you wouldn't get the time taken today. Uh-huh. Today they got to get to the action, get to the action, and uh, it's kind of like you know comparing it to old songs. You know, sure. Now you get a two and a half minute pop song, and you know you don't get the the three and a half four minute um, artistic songs that you used to get in the sixties and seventies uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. suits suits. Exactly, suits. I love the scene though. It's not. It's not long after that, right? That uh, uh, Robin Williams is on stage and he's he's really uh, criticizing the dancers. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's the director of, right. of the drag show, and he's 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 choreographing a number, and these uh, dancers are not, you know, doing what he wants them to, and it was certainly not enough energy and and. Uh, he gets up there and he he demonstrates all the different dancing, uh, uh, you know, Twyla Tharp, you know, or Fosse, 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 yeah. uh, you know, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, <laughs> Madonna, Madonna. Well, uh, so Luca, uh, there's a, a, one of the guys on stage with him, uh, actor, a real dancer, Luca Tomasino, uh, Tomasini. Um, uh, Robin Williams is, suggests that he dance, he, you know, he do the Madonna, Madonna. Well, Luca had actually, actually been on tour with Madonna. So he knew he knew the steps for real. That's funny. Um, all right, we are out of time. No. Yeah, we are out of time. I want to give a quick shout out to um, Glenna Bridges, who sent in a photo with her niece and Garth Brooks together. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really good celebrity photo, so I want to give a shout out to them. And um, if you have a celebrity photo. If you then, have a celebrity photo. Then please send it our way. Um, we love getting those in the mail. We love getting them even better by email. Uh-huh. Um, and you'll hear an email address and, and, and physical address to send those to at the end of the show. 
at the end of this podcast. Please and, include um, a story about how you please do came about, or whoever is in the photo, how they came about meeting the celebrity, and you know, kind of like where it was, when it was, uh, maybe if there's a, a little backstory on it, we'd love to hear we'd that. We'd love to hear the story. And for the for your trouble, we'll send yep. you a T-shirt. That's right. You'll get a new um, 35th anniversary movie club T-shirt, um, which we just uh, we just made this last summer and. And uh, it's we really love it. It's, you made it turned them? out to be great. I made them. I printed them hand by hand. <laughs> thousand thousand shirts in his garage. In my garage. Jeff Moran pressing down every these. time. He's a great director. My forearms great are huge musician, now. A uh, great camera person <laughs> and, a, and a great t-shirt a great maker. T-shirt maker. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah. So so we'll send you one of those. And uh, we love getting those celebrity photos in the mail. So next week. Um, we have a great musical um, that we're going to be talking about, Guys and Dolls, starring the great Marlon Brando One and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And uh, so join us for our next podcast where we'll be talking Guys and Dolls. All right. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And until next week, take care. Bye-bye. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please, send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113, or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn. <laughs>